you know you're going to get somebody on the phone. No one's going to ring you and tell you a joke. <laughs> oh, you they know. do. You'd be surprised. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, oh yes, they do. <laughs> yes, people will ring up and they'll say, do you know, I've had a really good day today and I've got nobody to tell them. That's what we're there and for. And then even in our most notorious calls <laughs> that we do get occasionally, it's not so bad now since there's adult content on the internet. But even though you get these kinds of calls, it's, there's a story behind it. There mm. might be a problem and they may need to talk about this. And you're not judging them, you just sit and listen to their problem. If you're out there now and you're listening to this, and you just need somebody to talk to, then pick up the phone, 116-123, and phone us. Can I help? I'm Betty Ball. And I'm Stevie B. He's a Magum. And she's from South Shields. Wow, I really sound nasally. <laughs> You're going to sneeze, aren't you? I really feel like I am. You dare sneeze over me. And this is... Christ. It's like an advert for tunes, isn't it? <laughs> and this is Speak Up Sunderland. Hey. Please say hello to um, Katie Mitchell and Sandy Shearer. Hello. Katie and Sandy are local volunteers and very local because they are from... Sunderland Samaritan. Sunderland Samaritan. Sunderland Samaritan. Samaritan. (laughs) I suppose everybody at some point goes through some sort of mental or physical trauma. They need help and they need support. And somewhere along the line, you get the help and support you need from different sources. Often those sources can be people you don't know. You're sitting on a train and you talk to somebody and that person gives you an insight into how you can help yourself. And I think at some point it happens to all of us. Being a Samaritan means that you're on an end of a telephone giving that same support as that person did on the train. The phone rings three times and you go, can I help? So could, could anybody actually volunteer to be, to be involved? <laughs> it's a really, really supportive community. When I started as a volunteer... There's, I believe it's about an eight-week training session just to take you through the things you might encounter in the calls, how to be a good listener, the types of calls you might get. It's a really rigorous volunteer training to prepare you for it. And Sandy and I were talking about this yesterday. It's anybody that needs emotional support. So it could be somebody that's lost their dog to it could be somebody that's contemplating suicide. Mm. Anybody that needs emotional support, and everybody does at some point. Everybody is going through something at some point. Maybe positive, may not be. They need support in some way, so the call could be anything. A lot of people think it's just a suicide hotline. It is not, and the calls completely run the gamut. So anybody can sign up to be a volunteer. We do a little meet-and-greet session to talk to you about why you want to be a volunteer, pick your brain about what motivated you, what you think about the organization, things like that, just to sort of make sure that you're ready to take on certain calls. And then the training sessions start, and it's such a community of support. 
the entire branch is entirely volunteer run so the Sunderland Samaritans the director is a volunteer and a listener still everybody in that branch is a volunteer nobody is paid in that branch so you could be a listener you could help with the fundraising you could help with all different types of support but what our branch needs at the minute is people power it's being a person it's having empathy for other people Mm. and being open to listen and being okay with that to the thought of actually being able to pick up a telephone and talk to a stranger who's non-judgmental who's not going to judge who you are what you are they don't even know half the time you have no idea who this person is unless they tell you because what we do is listen we don't give advice and very often at the end of the conversation those people will come up with their own answers they don't want us to tell them and often you will find a phone call with Samaritans You will be on the phone for 35, 45 minutes. And out of that 35 or 45 minutes, it could be 30 minutes of silence. They know you're there. Because that person's the person that needs to talk, not you. They don't need you to speak. They just need to know that that voice is there. All you will say every now and then is, I'm still here. Wow. It's powerful, isn't it? And that is all that's needed. And we need more people to do that. We need more people. In you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to mm. be a doctor. You don't have to be a teacher. You, don't, you just have to be a person. A person who's got something to give to other people. And that's your ears. Listening. So how did, how did you get involved with this? Then? I went through my own mental health wobble last year. And prior to that, I had supported my partner through their mental health wobble. I don't like the word wobble because it can diminish the problem, Mm. but sometimes breakdown sounds a bit drastic. But I was a caller. I'm happy to say I was a caller. And I called because the people that were surrounding me and supporting me were very much wanting to help, but they weren't wanting to help in a way that was giving advice and everything will be fine. And over optimism and positivity. And sometimes you just need somebody on the phone saying, things sound horrible right now it will pass but what's on your mind right now and sometimes an anonymous person is the best person to do that because they don't have the context they're not going to give advice they're just going to listen as you unload your brain and I called three different times and that was what I needed I just needed to empty my head everything that was going on because it was a lot and it helped I don't have a medical background but I thought I knew my partner was going through things. I knew I had gone through things. I knew what support I got from it and what strength I got from it. And the fact that someone will always answer the phone was a great support system for me. Not to rely on, but just if you needed it, you knew it was there. If that helped me get through everything that I went through, then I can sit on the end of the phone and I can listen to somebody and I can say, everything sounds horrible right now. How are you feeling about this? Tell me what you're thinking. That sort of a thing. I can do that for somebody else if they did that for me. So you've literally, you've been both sides of the, yes. of the fence, haven't you? Yeah. But at the same time, joining the organisation and knowing how much support you get as a volunteer. They have a volunteer care team where if you do get a difficult call, you can talk to them about it and they'll sort of support you through it there you always have a buddy system so 
if me and Sandy were on a shift at the end of the call, we'd sort of chat to each other about it and just sort of how we dealt with it. And if you're on a difficult call, your partner will help you with it. So as much as you're there for the caller, and the caller could be on the phone, it could be email, instant messenger, text, your buddy is there for you and the organization is there for you. So you're not sort of thrown into things. It's not run like a call center or anything like that. There's a tremendous amount of support for the volunteers because the work you mm. do listen to people's very heavy problems and that support has to be there to make sure that you're okay as well. Just literally from what you've said over the last five minutes, one thing that's popped into my head, do you think one of the reasons why people find it easy to ring the Samaritans is because you're a stranger, because they don't know you, because they, you, you can't judge them, they don't know what you look like? Absolutely. Yeah. Someone completely anonymous and their only role is to listen to you. Non-judgmental, no advice, just to listen, no matter what the problem. Like I said, it could be somebody that's lost their keys and they don't know why they've lost their keys, and that's distressing to them. To somebody who's experiencing suicidal thoughts, somebody who's having bullying experiences at school, exam stress, loneliness, and talking to somebody who has no clue who they are, no clue where they are in the country, it's a national line. That can be quite comforting. So I've got a question to both of you guys, can both answer Katie. How long have you been doing this? I started in uh, March this year. Oh, so really, really, really new. new. Yeah. And what about yourself, Sandy? I've been two years now. Okay, so what have you learned about being a Samaritan then? <laughs> do you want to go first or do you want me to? <laughs> what have we learned? <laughs> How to keep quiet in the middle of an argument. <laughs> Actually, I found myself using a lot of the techniques that I learned through Samaritans. That most people, if you just let them talk, they'll usually talk themselves out of whatever the problem it is they're going to have. It certainly taught me to listen. I mean, before Samaritans, I was a talker, a real talker. And I'd interrupt, but I've discovered that it's taken me 70 plus years to realise that you don't do that, you listen. And when you listen, that's when you learn about people and you learn about people's needs and you can realize that people's strengths and I think Samaritans in two years has taught me more than the other 71 I lived on this planet really so <laughs> wow. I think it's it gives you in many ways a lot more than you give it it really does it's not just as Kate said that the system it makes sure that you've got friends around you that people you work with become friends. I know that I could trust Katie mm. because of what she does and because of the training. You don't just give one day's training and then all of a sudden mm. you're out on the phones. That doesn't happen, you know? And it's a continuous thing. It's a continuous system. It's not what you give in some ways. It's also what you get back and it's amazing. Do you know what comes across even just talking to you for 10, 15 minutes, you both what oozes out of the two years is you both seem really proud of what you do. And you're really calm. I know. <laughs> I feel like everyone just went, phew. We're both really chatty, so we're trying not to overtake the conversation and just be active listeners. Well, Katie, you need to add, what have you learned from March till now? Because you're still very new. It's few things. Um, your community and your support system as a person is what you make it. As a volunteer, I volunteered for loads of different organizations. I still volunteer for quite a few organizations. 
if you talk to people and you get to know them and you have conversations with them about what's going on in your life, I'm very much an open book now, very much an open book about everything. And if you talk to them and you have those conversations, like me and Sandy had it yesterday, uh, where I talked to her about some of the difficult things that I dealt with last year, you get what you put into things and you get what you put into your relationships and you get friendships and you get support from other people. But on the flip side of that, listening to calls and seeing the emails, the instant messages, the texts and everything that comes through, everybody's going through something. And you, you hear some of the volunteers that have been there longer than me say, we used to get a call, we'd put the phone down, there'd be a big break, five, ten minutes, another call comes in. Now it's call after call after call. The demand is getting higher and higher and higher. Everybody is going through something and I think there's a bit of a lack of connectivity with people anymore and I think that's why the demand for Samaritans is getting a bit higher is because nobody talks on the phone anymore. People don't talk in person anymore and that need for connection, that need to just hear another voice and hear someone say things sound really difficult right now or how are you feeling about that? is just getting more and more and more. The 50 for 50 campaign, what is it? Well, it's the Sunderland Branch's 50th anniversary this year coming up. Oh, very nice. Technically, the anniversary is in February, but our goal over the 50th year, full 12 months, is, um, is to get another 50 volunteers for the branch, which is a big, big, big deal. Partly because the demand's getting higher. So if you're interested in helping out, you don't need to be a counselor. You don't need the, any kind of background specific for it. You just need to be interested in listening and supporting people. So do you tell people that you are a Samaritan? Because I know lots of people, when you say the word Samaritan, there's two ways that people act. They're either, <laughs> what? And they're, they're not, they don't know. Or there's people that are very like, Yes, they're mm. very appreciative. So how do you find that? <laughs> I, <laughs> I tell loads of people that I, I'm very open about mental mm. health. I have anxiety and depression issues, which I manage. I'm a mental health first aider. I'm starting a PhD this year that looks at mental health in one aspect of it. Are you I a got, superhero? <laughs> I have 92 hours in the day. Ah. <laughs> you must even do that to me. That's, that's no, but it, it's, it's one of those things that I got really interested in how society looks at it and how funding and all this other stuff works. So I talk about it quite a bit. And most of the reactions are, I couldn't listen to suicide calls all day. My experience of it is less drastic than people think. That's not to say there aren't serious calls, but I've had a lot more. I had a really bad day at school. Exams are stressing me out. There's a bully online. I'm getting a divorce. My partner's died. My uncle isn't coming to visit me. Just things upsetting people. Then I have really distressing calls, but for the most part, people do. Oh, God, I couldn't do that. Kate is right. Most of the reactions are... Oh, God, you must be so upset all the mm. time. Or, I couldn't do that. Mm. that. That's something I could never do. And you think, well, why? It's, yeah. It can be very painful. But the idea is that you you don't take their pain on board. 
you listen, but you don't take their pain. And actually, you go through all your training that helps you to do that Mm. so that you become the calm person at the other end of the phone Mm. that is, is not absorbing their pain. And that makes it easier for the person that's on the phone. You know you're going to get somebody on the phone. No one's going to ring you and tell you a joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they do. You'd be surprised. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, oh yes, they do. <laughs> yes, people will ring up and they'll say, do you know, I've had a really good day today and I've got nobody to yeah. tell. And I, I really want to tell you what kind of a lovely day I've had today. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, I know that sounds weird. We've no, just been yeah. talking so about everything's so sad, but I never thought of it that way. So yes. many people, people they just maybe don't have, have somebody to had an to. exciting day. They've had a phone call from somebody um, that they haven't spoken to in a long time. They've had an argument with somebody, and this person has got back in touch with them. And they're happy and they're excited, but they, they've got nobody to actually tell, so they pick the telephone up and they ring Samaritans and mm. they say... I had a lovely day today. (laughs) It happens. Somebody once lost something and they had a discussion with their partner saying where it was and they ended up being right and they called to say that they were right. Like, (laughs) you you get all sorts. They just want somebody to listen. And then even in our most notorious calls (laughs) that we do get occasionally, it's not so bad now since there's adult content on the internet. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> but even, even Sandy, do elaborate. <laughs> no, no, don't. But even After though recording. you even though you get these kinds of calls, it's there's a story behind it. There mm. might be a problem, and they may need to talk about this. And you're not judging them; you just sit and listen. To their there, there must come a time when you when you have a call where because we're all different human beings and weaknesses and strengths and whatever. Mm. But there must come a time where when you're having a conversation with someone, it hits a nerve, mm. or it becomes personal to you. But they don't know. <laughs> and you think, oh. Katie, I've got a feeling you've got one of these. Come on, do oh. share. So do you do you do you just push through it or do you? That's it. <laughs> um, there is a, when you finish your training, which is in a classroom being trained you're buddied with a mentor and you listen to your mentor's calls before you take calls and when you take start taking calls your mentor listens and you work through it that way when I was still listening to my mentor's calls there was one call she was slagging off everything that my mentor was she was slagging off the northeast she was slagging off single moms she was <laughs> she just she hated the world and she wanted it to burn um, and, but she needed to get it off her chest and she just needed to rant she needed to empty her head my mentor snapped a pencil in half, <laughs> but just sat on the end of the line saying mm-hmm. okay now I understand that makes you angry mm-hmm. and the call lasted well over an hour close to two hours she just was unhappy with everything but at the end of it she said I feel better thanks for listening and hung up they're not they're not insulting you as a person like in that case anyway um (laughs) they they didn't think oh I'm gonna call somebody in Sunderland and slag them off and tell them what I think it was never personal they picked up the phone they just needed somebody to unload on and that was that was that it happened to be that person have Uh, you ever got off the phone and went (sighs) Jesus. That call, uh-huh. yes. Uh-huh. 
but that's what your buddy's there for. So after, I'd love to hear your conversations after a conversation. Oh, how it's does great. this work? It's so 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 good because what do you do? Tell we me, were, I want to know. We were on that call for so long, and our buddy, he kept because he passed notes to each other. If you're on I was going to say you must have. So something. he kept putting notes over, saying, "Do you want biscuits? Do you want cookies?" It's all of Samaritans, every single branch is powered by biscuits. So <laughs> we've got a really good biscuit stash. And he just kept saying, are you okay? Why is this call taking so long? Because she was snapping pencils and I was like killing myself laughing because it was just, it was every well, sort of- Well, you were laughing. My headset, because I was listening, they could, did, there was no microphone. But oh, like, you know, okay. when it's just, you can tell something's winding somebody up and they yeah. can't do anything about yeah. it. I was dying because it was like, if you could have said the top 10 things to irritate this person, they just nailed them all. Uh, <laughs> um, our buddy kept bringing us coffee and biscuits and that, and we got off the call. And he was like, oh, were, they, were they really angry? Were they having this? And she, my mentor just basically unloaded to our buddy and just sort of said they, they basically hated me. Like, they didn't know me, but if you typified me in like characteristics, those were the characteristics they were just really angry about. Wow. And then we just sort of eat our biscuits and have a cup of coffee and, and take another call. Again. Yeah. It's like factory set and go. <laughs> okay, I've got to ask this question. I don't know if I can, but I am. Have you ever been on the phone and you known the person who's on the other side? Have you recognized the voice? That would be my biggest fear. I haven't, but I don't know how many years ago each branch sort of took local numbers. So when we were undergoing the training, a few of the people delivering the training said they knew the person that was calling and they would go into work and they couldn't, because it's an anonymous line, they couldn't, they couldn't let on that they knew the person, but their voice was distinctive. They knew some of the situation the person was talking about and they knew it was them. But it's a national number now, so yeah, you know, could be anybody. Come from anywhere. But you can, strangely enough, you get a phone call from somebody that is a regular caller. Mm. And the strangest occurrence I had was I put the phone down, having had this conversation with this person, knowing fine well who it is, in terms of not that I know them personally from Sunderland or anything. You know, they, they didn't come from even the northeast. But the phone went again... It was fairly obvious that I'd sussed out what was going on. We ended the conversation and the phone rang again and I picked it up and it was the same man <laughs> and tried to give me the same. And I looked, said, look, we spoke two minutes ago. Oh, was it you? <laughs> and, and that does happen a few times. It's, it's really quite weird. So the situations you can find yourselves in and the training that you have, you could be put in some situations that are pretty uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. even to some people who aren't trained. That's where the training kicks Yeah, <laughs> so your training must be so, so invaluable. It's so good. And when you're in the listening room, there's binders of information. You're always matched with somebody that's usually a bit more experienced than you. You've got a duty manager on the phone and they're on duty for the length of your shift. So if something comes up that's a bit woolly or you're not sure what to do your buddy can give them a ring and and just talk them through sort of what's going on in that and get some advice you're you're never alone as a volunteer you can't be because of the potential for some certain situations to come up 
I was so impressed with the training. I couldn't get over the training. But if you did get a distressing call, there was that support there. I'm just in absolute <laughs> awe of you two, if I know, I'm, I'm honest. Been, been so before we ask how we can get involved, there is people here. Is there anybody that has a question? That we can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about the training, Sandy, and what you've learnt. And you, you were in a career before this that was about caring as well. Have you found anything that you've had to unlearn? Oh, gosh, yes. My biggest learning curve was self-determination, learning about self-determination. I was used to having to give advice and I was used to having to treat people in a medical sense and I was used to having to make sure that they were aware of everything that they needed to do. Then I would expect that that person would take my advice. I was used to actually supporting them and helping them and telling them things, where with Samaritans, it's all about self-determination. The person chooses, not you. You don't advise them. You don't tell them what to do. You listen, and they let them work it out for themselves. And that was my biggest learning curve. Mm -hmm. Yes, self-determination. How, if you want to be a part or find out any more about this fantastic organisation, Samaritans of Sundon, how do we get involved? If you go to samaritans.org slash volunteer, there's loads of information on there. Get in touch with the local branch at sunderlandtraining at gmail.com and they can give you all the information. We do sort of recruitment throughout the year because it's best to have a class of volunteers to train because the training is rigorous but we can let you know all the different ways you can volunteer you don't have to be a listener but there's loads of different ways and we can sort of fill you in then or if you want to sort of support us if you want to do like a coffee morning anything like that get in touch with that about that sort of a thing we can help you and support you with that it's important if you did do fundraising to make sure it went directly to the branch because each branch is responsible for keeping their lights on, keeping their phones open. So fundraising directly to the branch is best. Just a simple question. What is the number to call for Samaritans? 116 123. Oh, nice. 116 123. It's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> I, I didn't know. And some people who I've never rang it before. So some people and you can also ring that number to volunteer if you want. <sighs> I feel so loved right now. There's a lot of love and support in this in this it room is, yeah. and in this podcast. <laughs> I'm really out. proud of this episode. Yeah. I really, really am. <laughs> this is hopefully going to help. At least, if it, if it so. help at least one person, mm. yes. or just even educate, uh, mm. you have done more than just your job. Aww. If you're out there now and you're listening to this and you just need somebody to talk to, then pick up the phone, 116 123, and phone us. Can I help? There's no problem too oh. small or too big, ever. Oh, I feel I need to give a cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure, and thank you to everyone who's came. It's been a complete roller coaster, and I hope you've all enjoyed it. So, subscribe! Thank Draw. you. And that's for first time listeners is Speak Up Sunderland. <laughs> Speak Up Sunderland, 
was hosted by Betty Ball and Stevie B and produced by me, Jay Sykes. Today's episode featured two volunteers from the Sunderland Samaritans, Sandy Shearer and Katie Mitchell. The Sunderland branch are turning 50 years old in February, so they're looking to recruit more and more volunteers, 50 to be exact, with their 5450 campaign. Head to samaritans.org forward slash volunteer if you fancy joining them, or call 116-123. We are proud to feature the Sunderland Samaritans on Speak Up Sunderland and support the vital work that they do in this city. Our podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at the fire station in Sunderland. As ever, thank you to the wonderful staff there. And if you would like to join us at one of our live recordings at the fire station absolutely free, then you can do so. Head to speakupsunderland.com forward slash live to find out about the next event. Our next one, Monday, December 9th from 7pm. Hope to see you there. Our theme tune was created by Timecrawler82 and our new logo and branding is by Georges Vinicio. I'm not originally from Sunderland, as you can probably tell by my voice, but I have grown to love this city. This podcast is proudly produced in Sunderland for Sunderland. <laughs>